Welcome to the Hormonal and Fit AF podcast. I am your host, Stacey, and I am here to help educate, raise awareness, and make you feel normal with your hormonal journeys. I'm so excited for you to be here. If you enjoy the podcast, please follow and leave a rating on Apple or Spotify, and don't forget to share it with your hormonal friends too. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone is well and hormonally happy. I'm quite excited about what I'm going to chat about in today's episode as it's by far one of my favourite subjects and hobbies. We are going to talk about sleep. I am going to be sharing with you my tips on how to get to sleep and to stay asleep better. If you are listening to this podcast and have especially made it all the way to episode nine, then firstly, thank you for still being here. And secondly, you possibly have some form of hormone struggles within your life, which has made you listen in the first place. Our hormones play a crucial role in regulating our sleep pattern and changes in our hormone levels, especially in us women, can contribute to sleep disturbances. I'm going to quickly go over a few hormones which can affect our sleep before we actually jump into my tips on how to get a better night's sleep. We've got estrogen and progesterone and when they drop down that can affect our sleep. So this can generally be on the run up to our menstrual cycle. Some women may experience symptoms ranging in severity from restlessness So not staying asleep for long periods of time or even insomnia. And this can become particularly difficult for women who are experiencing the menopause. Melatonin is our sleep hormone, which regulates our sleep and wake cycle, also known as our circadian rhythm. So changes in estrogen levels can influence melatonin production, which can potentially affect our rhythm and our sleep pattern as well. We've got cortisol as well, so that's our stress hormone. Elevated levels of cortisol, which will occur when we are overly stressed, may lead to difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep as well. That's our main hormones, which can affect affect our sleep. So we've got estrogen, progesterone when they drop down, melatonin, so it's our sleep hormone. So that can change in different ways due to our circadian rhythm and we have cortisol if we are overly stressed. Let's get into the main topic of the podcast, which is my tips on how to get to sleep better and hopefully stay asleep better as well. First up, we need to make sure that the foundations are in place And this might sound really simple, but making sure that your mattress and your pillow, etc. are comfortable. Maybe you're not sleeping because you're just not comfortable in bed. I think we're supposed to be changing our pillows about two to three times per year. I know I sometimes don't. And I actually know just now that I have some pillows on my bed that aren't the comfiest of pillows. So this is your reminder to go and get some new pillows if your pillows aren't so great. Second one up is the bedtime routine. So trying to create a time of zen at bedtime. I'm a big, my clients will know this as well if they're listening, but I'm a big person for making bedtime routine good. And I didn't used to. My bedtime routine used to be shocking. When I worked long hours in the gym, I would fly home at night. I sometimes wouldn't even eat a proper meal. I would then sit on my phone and try and deal with clients because I hadn't managed to message them during the day. And yeah, you can imagine how bedtime routine went in that direction. It wasn't a good one. So 
having a good bedtime routine and trying to make sure that that time before bed is calm. So creating a routine that's going to become a ritual for you and one that you can actually enjoy. So something that relaxes you and calms you. So my bedtime routine generally tends to consist of me trying to have my last meal a couple of hours before I'm trying to go to bed, at least an hour before I go to sleep of no technology and generally having a bath and hopefully maybe reading a little bit of my book before I go to bed. The next one is to ensure that your room is cool. In this probably won't be a problem for those of you living in the UK right now. I'm actually recording this today and there's a storm in the UK at the moment. So I actually thought you'd maybe hear it over the microphone, but it seems to sound okay. So yeah, the moral of my story there is that your room probably is going to be fairly cool just now. But if you are the sort of person that has the heating on full blast, then just maybe make sure that you have the radiator down in the bedroom. We want to make sure that the bedroom is at a nice cool temperature for you to actually fall asleep. So I mentioned reading a book, reading a book before bed, and I would definitely recommend that this book, whatever book that you pick, isn't anything too serious. So something light that you can just kind of switch off to, get off the phone, stop the doom scrolling, find something lighthearted to read. And I can assure you, you will definitely drift off that way. I have a book that's been sat on my unit for a couple of months now, and it's partly because I've been so busy at work, but it's a great book. And anytime that I do pick it up, I actually can't get through it because generally I've had my bath before bed. And then when I do get into bed, It just makes me fall asleep as soon as I pick this book up. As soon as I'm off my phone and I'm reading, I fall asleep so easily. So if you are the sort of person that is sitting on their phone, just maybe try and, yeah, assess that situation and try and maybe do a little bit of reading instead. You also have white noise or green noise that you get. You get all of these things at our fingertips nowadays. You could even use in summertime, possibly not now in winter in in the UK, but In summertime, I love to use a fan. The noise of a fan really helps me get to sleep. I know it's probably not for everybody, but I absolutely love that noise. But if you go onto Spotify or YouTube, you can actually get all of these noises for free online, which is amazing. I know I'm obviously promoting to put your phone down, but if we can get some of these noises, I think the white noise and the green noise are definitely really soothing for trying to get to sleep at bedtime. We want to support our circadian rhythm. So this is our body's natural body clock. A third of our genes are our clock genes. So we really need to take care of them because our genes are everything. We can turn some of them off. We can turn some of them on and it dictates our pathology in the body and whether we get disease. It's important we look after them and our circadian rhythm. And there's a few ways that we can do this. The first way is do not look at your phone as soon as you wake in. If you do this, it gives your hormones incorrect signals and it will dysregulate your cortisol and enhance your circadian rhythm. So if you're the sort of person that wakens up and scrolls on Instagram, stop. The best thing you can do is get some direct sunlight as soon as you wake in. Again, aware that this probably might not be an option at the moment because the mornings in the UK at this time of year are dark. But in summertime, definitely a really good thing to try and just get up and get some direct sunlight. And that will really help just reset your body's natural body clock, which really, really helps improve your sleep. The next one is to go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time every morning. 
even at weekends, keeping your sleep and awake times as regular as possible will really help reset your circadian rhythm, as well as paying attention to your bedtime routine. I've already kind of touched on my one, but it's probably something for you to think about. I know it might sound a bit over the top and having a routine at bedtime, but it literally is the key to everything. It is going to help you sleep better. It's going to make your next day more successful because we're going to be more organized and so on and so forth. Next one is eating breakfast. So even if you're not overly hungry, probably one of the most common things I come across with women struggling to lose weight is that they don't eat breakfast because they're not hungry. And this can be a really big indicator that your cortisol levels are dysregulated. So, so many women think, oh, great, I'm not going to eat. So before they know it, they're fasting. Now, I'm not going to go down the route of fasting. There are so many positive things about fasting when it comes to women. But one of the common problems is when does that fast actually end? Most of us actually probably fast already and we don't actually realize it. If you have your last meal at 6 to 7 p.m. at nighttime and you don't eat again till 9 a.m., say the next day, that is a fast. That is 15 hours without eating. So eating breakfast, breakfast, breaking the fast, is breaking your fast. And eating breakfast can be a great way to keep that circadian rhythm in a nice happy spot. It'll help balance out your blood sugars, keep your cortisol levels stable and yeah, regulate the circadian rhythm. So eat your breakfast. I am going to do a separate episode actually, a little bite-sized episode soon, just covering some breakfast ideas if you are stuck on what's best to eat at breakfast time. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Blue blockers are a good idea. I don't personally use them, but if you were the sort of person who tends to spend a lot of time on technology, if that's kind of what it is that you do for work and you kind of can't avoid it, I would possibly try and think about getting some blue light blockers for waiting in the evening because that just kind of stimulates your brain to not want to switch off if you are doing that quite close to bedtime. Trying to stay off devices for up to an hour, if not two hours before bed, stay off the mobile phone, off the iPads, anything that's got artificial lights that is upsetting the signals to your brain that it's time to be preparing for sleep. Your cortisol levels and your circadian rhythm will become dysregulated too when you stare into these lights before bedtime. It can also dysregulate other hormones in our body too, like our digestion. We've all been there, right? We can't sleep, so we grab the phone to scroll and before we know it, we're two hours deep in TikTok watching episodes of EastEnders from five years ago. Read a book, even if you're not a huge reader. I can guarantee you if you're anything like me, yeah, you won't manage to read it long before you fall asleep anyway. An eye mask can be handy for getting to sleep in summertime as well as block out blinds when we've got lots of hours of daylight. And on the flip side of that, if any of my Coach by Stacey girls are listening, we've all been aboard the Lumi Lamp train recently. Now, it's a great way to be wakened in the morning, but it also has a sleep setting on it too. So the lamp gradually goes down like a sunset. And I think it seems a really natural way to fall asleep rather than having a bedside lamp on and then switching it from on to off and then just trying to fall asleep naturally. 
I love mine. I put it on and you can put a little timer on, say 30 minutes you want the sunrise to go down and you really don't notice it happening. So it just slowly gets darker and darker. And then all of a sudden, like the room's dark. I'm ready to sleep. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. I would highly recommend the Lumi lamp and going to the, I know we're speaking about sleep, but going to the Lumi lamp for the morning, really, really rate that way of getting woken up. Not getting woken up by an alarm sound is fantastic. So yeah, go get yourself a Lumi lamp. I am going to touch on some food and drink strategies which can affect your sleep. And the first one might not come as too much of a shock to you, but alcohol, I would not recommend drinking alcohol if you have problems with your sleep. You may fall asleep quickly when you consume alcohol, but you won't stay asleep properly. Sleep will be disrupted and you won't be in your deep sleep for long, which is the sleep which actually helps our body recover and restore our body's hormone balance, etc. Caffeine, and this will vary from person to person. You may be a very tolerant person to caffeine, but if you're not and you're also struggling to get to sleep and stay asleep, it's time to probably reassess your caffeine intake. I personally tend to try and limit myself to one morning coffee. If I'm doing a big workout that day, I potentially will have a coffee before I train as well or an energy drink. But if I'm not training, then I try not to. There are some super good decaffeinated coffees out there. So maybe test swapping over some days and try and have a decaffeinated coffee when you would normally have a normal coffee and see if you notice the difference. If you are like me and you struggle to get through the night without needing a pee, be mindful of what time of day you cut off your fluid intake. As we age in our perimenopausal years, our bladders start to change. We do actually have estrogen receptors in our bladders and our hormones impact our bladder function. If you feel like you're needing to pee more, try and cut off your fluids around two hours before you go to bed. Do yourself a favor and skip those bedtime steps to the toilet, which are going to make you be wakening up in the night. I'm going to touch on some supplements as well. So I'm a big believer in supplements, but they obviously alone won't be the answer to your sleep problems without implementing the other points I've already discussed. Supplements are key. The world we live in can be a little bit toxic for our bodies at times, which can make our bodies chew up our nutrients. We also live very highly busy and highly stressful lives a lot of the time. And when we're stressed, our bodies chew through nutrients and our stress hormones as well. So yes, a busy life, a stressful life, not eating breakfast, all of these things can affect how our body absorbs our nutrients. That's if we're even eating any nutritious food sources at all. So supplementing the body is crucial in my opinion. Here are a few of my favorite supplements for sleep. And as always, I would never recommend taking these supplements without checking with your doctor first, unless you are a client of mine and I may know a little bit of background info about you. But please always check first, especially if you are on any other form of medication that these supplements may clash with. First one we have is Theonine Serene. This supplement combined 
is magnesium, L-theanine, GABA, taurine, all very calming nutrients on the body. And I would always recommend getting these supplements if you need to get them online from iHerb is a super good place to get these from or the likes of Holland and Barrett. But I personally go to iHerb. I think their prices are a little bit better. So that's the first one. You've got 5-HTP, which is a precursor to serotonin which is a precursor to melatonin. This one can be really helpful. You do not want to take a 5-HTP if you are on an SRRI, an antidepressant. Too much serotonin can lead to a serotonin syndrome, which can be quite dangerous. Please be super careful if you are taking an antidepressant to make sure that you are not taking that supplement at the same time. Next one is myo-inositol. This molecule can help with sleep, but it's also great for women in their 40s or their perimenopausal years because it improves insulin sensitivity. It improves blood sugars and the thyroid as well. It's super great and it's also very safe too. You will want to probably commit to taking this for about three months before you'll probably see the long-term results. Melatonin is also a really good supplement for helping you get to sleep and this works really well for some people and others not so much. I personally can feel a little bit groggy the morning after using melatonin so I personally try to um, not use that one myself but it can be great for some people. And the last one on my list is CBD oil. This again can be really useful and it can just help you unwind and it will just help reduce those anxiety feelings as well, which will help you get to sleep at night time. One of the most important factors, which is obviously on the top of my to-do list that helps you sleep at night time is to exercise. And I would say to exercise during the day. Absolutely. This can be very, very helpful for having a good night's sleep, but I would advise against exercising too late in the day as this will possibly disrupt your cortisol levels for actually getting to sleep. And my final point on the sleep topic and possibly the most important one for you women who are listening that possibly are at the age where your hormones are changing and you maybe need some support with hormone replacement therapy, so HRT. We need estrogen and progesterone to sleep. So if you're starting to experience a decline in these, then it may be time to replace them. And you do need to replace them. If you want to be healthy, if you want to reduce your risk of disease such as osteoporosis, dementia, cardiovascular disease, which are all shown to skyrocket once women hit menopause because of hormones are going down, you must replace your hormones. Unfortunately, once your hormones start to decline, they're never coming back. So the likes of HRT is a natural pathway for a lot of women and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. And as I say, these sex hormones declining will absolutely make you struggle to have a good night's sleep. So These are my sleep strategies. I hope you guys have found that useful. As I say, I'm a big, I love sleep. I love talking about sleep. I love thinking about ways to get a better night's sleep because it really is the key to not only keeping our hormones happy, but just keeping our next day successful. I know that if I don't get a good night's sleep that my next day just goes pear-shaped very, very quickly. My mood changes and 
my enthusiasm and my motivation just completely drops down as well. So I do think that it is so important to try and make sure that that bedtime routine is in a great place and that we're thinking about these steps that can help us actually get to sleep better and stay asleep better as well. Thank you so, so much, guys, for coming back and for listening to my little podcast. I appreciate it so much. If you did enjoy today's episode, I would love it if you could take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and tag me in it on social media just so we can continue to spread the word about the podcast. It means so much. But thank you so much for listening. And I will be back soon with another episode for you guys. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll see you soon.